Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's okay for the kids to struggle. It's okay for it not to be easy. I think it's even good. I think it's better for them. I think that is the opportunity to teach them. If you're passionate about something, truly passionate about it, then when there are challenges or questions or money's not great or injury or whatever it is, you're going to find a way to persevere if it means something to you. And if it doesn't, you'll go down a different path. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. With me today is Brad Brownell, head coach of the Clemson men's basketball program since 2010. In his 11 seasons with the Tigers, his winning record places him first all-time in the university's coaching history with 201 victories. Coach Brownell and I discuss running your own race, finding the right fit for college, and the importance of playing hard for the right people. Man, I am fired up. I got another awesome guest. We're kind of from the same neighborhood, cut from the same kind of cloth. He's got ties to Wilmington, North Carolina. That's where I live. Um, so, I mean, we're kind of, we're, I'm going to say we're kind of kinfolk. I'm from New England, but I've lived down here long enough I can say the words kinfolk. So, man, I'm pumped to have him. Head basketball coach, men's basketball coach at Clemson University, the Tigers, uh, Coach Brad Brownell. Coach, thanks so much for hopping on, man. Yeah, happy to be on, Nick. Uh, Looking forward to to spending some time with you. Well, I appreciate you very much, Coach. You know, we're talking youth sports, we're talking athletic development, and kind of where I want to start with you here is, especially being in basketball, um, there's been a lot of talk here the last couple of years, and I'm not that familiar, but we're having, you know, hear folks talk about uh, loading, right, and overuse, you know, there's been some injuries type thing. I know on the baseball side, there's Tommy John, there's all these different things, but the reason I'm tying this in, I kind of want to get your feedback, because there's a big push nowadays for year-round early sports specialization. I mean, let's get the kids in there. If they're a good basketball player, baseball, soccer, whatever it is, forget about diversifying them, forget about versatility. We got to lock in. We got to get 10,000 hours as quick as possible. But then you hear about load management, right? You hear about other things. So I'm wondering, you know, what are your thoughts on the whole early sports specialization piece versus kids? You know, maybe at the younger age, it's sampling a variety of sports before kind of locking in. Yeah, I'm not for sports specialization at a young age, you know, middle school, elementary school, any of that. I, I think you need to play as many sports as you, you enjoy. And uh, I, I just think, you know, burnout, I think wear and tear. I just think at that age that you're trying to play sports for fun. What, what makes you enjoy uh, life at that age? And, you know, because if you're not enjoying it, if, it, if it's starting to feel like work at 12 years old, you're, you're not going to make it. Uh, it's going to be hard to, to make it and be successful. As you get a little bit older and you start to move your way through high school, now you can begin to start thinking about some of that. I would still encourage kids, if possible, to play multiple sports in high school when you can. Um, instead of playing three, you might, you might have to play two when you get to that point. Sure. Um, but I think when you're younger, no, I, I, I want kids playing you know, as many sports as they want to play, three, four sports, you know, whatever season it is, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, whatever, golf. I mean, get involved in as many things as you can. Uh, Just enjoy yourself. Uh, I think that's really important. 
Do you see yourself like if you're on the recruiting trail, you see a kid you really like and you find out he's the quarterback or you find out he's a wide receiver or whatever position, does that pique your interest a little bit more? Not only yes. do you, so yeah, does it can Absolutely. you kinda of talk about that? Absolutely. In high school, uh, John Goldsberry and Beckham Wyrick were two kids that played for us at UNC Wilmington that were both uh, football players uh, in high school. And in fact, I remember going to a couple of their football games when I recruited them uh, to get them to come to UNC Wilmington and sitting out in the cold in uh, rain and snow in, in Ohio in November. Uh, right before basketball season, you know, started for their senior years or whatnot. Maybe it was October, uh, huddling up with their families in the in the weather. And you know what? I think football's great because I think it builds toughness. I think that you know some character, some physical toughness that that certainly translates to basketball. And so I, you know, I absolutely love kids that were good players, high level athletes, successful in multiple sports. I think guys that do that are winners. And uh, you know, and then obviously when you get to be uh, a little bit older and then hey then you start to specialize in college you know then you, you still have room for growth because you maybe haven't played uh, the same sport for the last four or five years and uh, I think that happened with with both of those guys it's a great point and then this culture though it's tough coach because you know I'm a parent six times over I have kids that have gone you know that are still going up and I've my youngest is three and a half and you know my oldest is a junior in high school and you know I'm 40 going to be 43 so I mean it's totally different from when I was coming up but it's even evolved this the culture here it's almost like everyone's racing to the head start it's like we got to get everything's like a chase for a scholarship and parents are feeling it because quite frankly it's coming from clubs it's coming from hey your kid's gonna miss out and Listen, I'm not trying. There's a lot of great clubs and organizations, but I think it's important for parents to understand, you know, you don't have to be year round. You're not going to miss out. But also it adds this type of intensity. It adds this type of intensity where I'm paying big bucks. My kids better not be sitting on the bench one. uh, And if they are, well, I got to take them to another club because if they're not playing, they're not going to get seen. Right. So you got that element in there and that causes this stress, this pressure. I kind of want you to go two different ways here. Talk about how that pressure could be impacting a parent. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're bouncing around from team to team. And also, I'll kind of get into this a little bit later. We'll see where you go. How it adds that pressure for a win at all cost, right? And then all of a sudden, parents are yelling at officials. It kind of can get things a little bit ugly. I think parents have great intent, but it's like this hyper competitive thing at 10, 11 years old. Can you kind of dig in there a little? Yeah, I, I think you have to be really careful that we're trying to win at all costs at 10, 11 years old. I mean, that I don't know that that's... You're not earning your scholarship at 10 or 11 years old, 12 years old. You're earning your scholarship much later, 16, 17 years old. And there is a certain amount of athletic ability, skill, whatever you want to call it, combination of the factors that is that your son or daughter has to have to even, you know, there are some people that don't have to work as hard and don't have to do as much because there is a level of success that their naturally gifted son or daughter has that, that helps them, Right. And there's also, no matter how much you work with certain kids, there's going to be a ceiling that this is that you're not going to get to. Um, you know, speaking of just being nine and ten years old, I mean, again, I, I'm just, it should be about fun. It should, you know, if you're putting that kind of pressure on your child, I just don't know that they're going to make it. Um, I, I don't, you know, getting them exposed to a bunch of different things, trying to find a good AAU coach or, you know, club person to be involved in coaching your son, I think that's what's really important. Being taught the finer skills, the right way to play, you know, the baseline techniques of how to be successful in a sport. I think coaching at that that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old level is critical to put your child on a really good path. And so looking for that, I think, is a great thing. 
but having to play, you know, 60 summer leagues baseball games at 10 years old, I, I don't know if you have to do that to make sure that you're going to earn a scholarship. And I think after a while, there it does feel like work. It feels like pressure. And I don't know if, if they're going to perform as well uh, the longer that goes if you're trying to win the long race at 16, 17, and 18. I think it's the underdog thing, right, in all of us. But, I mean, I developed physically later. I graduated high school 17 years old. I walked on campus in college 17 years old, and I didn't turn 18 until shortly in the fall of my, my freshman year. I was undersized. You know, I definitely had a big, um, I think, a, a jump in physicality between my freshman year and junior year, which I don't think is uncommon. That's why junior college is a great fit for some kids. Uh, but with that said, there's a, there's a sweet spot I got for a late bloomer coaches i really do and i think everyone does but you're afraid right everyone develops at at a different level and you just brought up you know i think you said 16 18 or you're talking about ages well who you are at 10 years old or who a kid is at 12 doesn't mean they're going to be that way at 14 or 16 or whatever the case is how important is it for kids or parents to hey tim corbin said this great when i interviewed coach corbs he talked about running your own race and it's hard And, and it's hard not to compare though coach but how do you do that how do you stay present with your kid or if you are the kid not comparing yourself to you know especially with the rankings that are out there well it's funny i i think that's you know that's that's getting all worked up about rankings like we talk about it in basketball now that there's a lot of things that have been really good about AAU basketball. AAU basketball has exposed more kids to more better competition, you know, at earlier ages and for consecutive years to show kids, hey, while you might be the best player in Wilmington, there's a lot of guys better than you throughout the state of North Carolina and then all along the East Coast. And, you know, you start learning that at 14 or 15, that's good for you to see because it hopefully motivates you to, to continue to work. And, you know, we talk a lot at Clemson about grit, passion and perseverance toward a long-term goal. And that's really what it is. And that's what Coach Corbin said is, and we talk to our players even now about it, you know, a freshman at at Clemson right now on our team is in a different position than a a junior or senior. And he's going to have to be a little more patient. He's running his own race. He still has to work hard, but his goals and dreams are going to be a little more difficult to attain. Well, the same is true for 14 years old compared to 16 years old or somebody who's a 14-year-old, you know, sixth man may end up being the best player on the high school team sure. uh, by the time he's 18 because he's got a four- or five-inch growth spurt and he's going to gain 30 pounds. And some other guys are already more physically mature. So understanding that, understanding your son, encouraging your son or daughter to run their own race, to be patient, that's why I keep coming back to learning the right way to play, learning the fundamentals, learning the finer points of, of how to play the game the right way, the mental part of the game, that that. I think that is so important when kids are learning skills and developing good habits. Uh, I think that gives you a chance to eventually develop into the kind of player that you want to be when you physically mature. You're getting me excited. And what I mean by that is I could tell, obviously, you're passionate. And one of the main subjects that I'd love to dive in with this is, you know, you hear the old saying, prepare the kid for the path don't prepare the path for the kid and and it's not easy as a parent to watch your kids struggle to watch them you know and I, I look back on my my wife as well you know we look back on our sports experience as athletes ourselves and we can remember hey you know it sucked going through this right whatever circumstance it is we look at our kids like wow I remember when I had to go through that it was not easy but on the other side of that was so much learning and growth so we try to use our own experience to help right the kids and right. same thing when I'm coaching well it's failure, right? It's it's learning to wait. It's learning to struggle and allowing the kids to struggle. Well, all you got to do is look at the transfer portal. I look at the transfer portal, and you know, to me, that's like 
you know, I use this example a lot, coach, and then I'll let you go with it. I see it all the time. For some reason, if your kid's not starting shortstop, everyone takes it personally. I, I don't understand it. Like, and then they go start their own team, right? Let's go start our own team. This way I can, it happens all the time. But are we, and I'm not trying to start the sentence for you, but are we kind of doing our kids a disservice by not allowing them to struggle? Hey, I know you can play shortstop, but hey, this kid's better than you. Why don't you work hard and get better at it? Why is failure so important for growth? Well, I, I think it's critical. And I think that's what's that's what's challenging right now for coaching at the higher levels is very few of the kids that, that we coach now. You know, everybody that comes to Clemson was all state. And most of the kids that I coach were the best player on their team since they were 14 years old. Um, and so this is the first time in their lives that they have struggled. Because if they ever did struggle at a younger age, they probably did move. A lot of my kids go to different high schools. A lot of kids play on multiple AAU teams. It's just like you talked about. And, and I think as a parent, it's okay. You know, it's okay for the kids to struggle. It's okay for it not to be easy. I think it's even good. I think it's better for them. I think that is the opportunity to teach. That is the opportunity to build some resiliency, some grit. Uh, that's when you're going to find out if your son or daughter really does care, if they're passionate about it. If they are struggling and they're still passionate about it, they're still working really hard, then you know it's something they want to do. They really want to do it. When we constantly put them on a different team or take them away from any of their struggles, uh, life's not like that. And I think we're doing them a little bit of a disservice. Um, now, hey, if a coach isn't coaching them the way you want them to coach, there's a little bit of that. Okay, not being sure. treated right. That's certainly understandable. But maybe not just because you're not getting the amount of shots you want or those kinds of things, especially uh, at a younger age. I think you've got to let those kids have some success, but you've got to also uh, let them struggle and fight and learn and grow and find out how much they really want to be good and how much they're willing to work to improve their lot in life. And that's, you know, we're talking about the, the lessons, and this is what I think is so important. Listen, I was fortunate to be on a national championship team in college, right, Division three level, but, you know, we won that national championship, and we got national championship rings, and it was like, holy cow. I mean, I remember back, this is 1999, where you only got a ring if you won a national title, you know, type thing. Or yeah, hey, by the way, I lost in the Division three national championship game by a point, so yeah, no ring. I got. A, I'm a, I'm a, so you won a national championship. I'm a runner-up. I got no ring. <laughs> what year and what school were you at? 19, 1990 at DePaul University. We lost to Rochester, New York in the finals of the Division Three National Championship. Oh my God! I got. I'm gonna get into that. I knew you played at that. That is freaking fant. I'm, I'm. Pardon me. It's not fantastic. You took that. <laughs> no, out. it's not. I, it's, I still remember it vividly. Oh, well, you know what? I want to get into that real quick here in a sec. Is that you know. And I'll circle back to my point before where I was going with the rings. But at the same time, the Division Three, right, Coach, you're at Clemson. You know, you played at the D3 level. You're coaching in a Power 5 in the ACC. There's a D1 or bust mentality that's really challenging, man. And real quick, I want you to touch on that because I think it's important. And then you coached at UNCW, which is a, you know, really strong, I guess you would call it a mid-major. Yeah, sure. um, but for God's sakes, you, we've seen teams go, you know, be in the Final Four that were quote-unquote, right. you know, mid-majors. Why is it? Can you talk about the fit? Right, not everyone can play at Clemson. Not everyone can play no, there. Right? Can you talk well, about the division? I was a late bloomer. I was, you know, six two and one hundred and sixty three pounds as a high school senior, six two, and you know, I grew a couple inches in college and gained 25, 30 pounds or whatnot. Um, and you know what? I, I had a couple Division two offers a little further away. Ended up deciding to go to a school that was a great school and just a good fit, and had a wonderful experience. Played for a great coach and Royce Waltman, who was an assistant in Indiana. So oh, nice. It, it, me being in that environment, I think 
you know, really helped me get where I am today. I played for a great high school coach, a great college coach. My father was a coach. So I got taught the game the right way, the right way to play. Uh, I love the game. I was around the game. I played all kinds of different sports growing up. Uh, I didn't become some great player. I was a really good high school player that played small college basketball, but I had this passion for basketball and partly because I was taught the right way to do things. We had some success. So I, I all of a sudden became a, a college assistant. And, uh, you know, I never thought at that time, hey, I'm going to try to be the head coach at Clemson or the head coach at Indiana or one of those things. I just wanted to be a good assistant coach. And I worked for a great guy in Jerry Wainwright at UNC Wilmington. I was fortunate that Coach Wainwright got the job and, and hired me and, and gave me a lot of responsibilities. And I was his assistant for eight years and just kind of did my put my head down and work for him and, and learned a lot from him. And, um, you know, and then my path just kind of grew from there. And, uh, you know, if you just kind of put your head down and work and do a good job and work for good people uh, and learn from those people, you're going to have a chance to, to be successful. And I think it's the same way as a youth player, like work, work for, play for good coaches that are mm. going to be demanding of you, that are going to challenge you, that are going to hold you accountable, but are also going to teach you the right way to play, the right way to go about doing things. They're going to teach you about team and how to be a part of a team and what a real team looks like. And so I was a part of all those kinds of things, and I think that helped me be a better coach. Uh, and then working for really good coaches, playing for good coaches, certainly that put me on a path when I finally got my opportunity there at UNC Wilmington uh, in 2003. When we come back, Coach Brownell and I dive into resilience and grit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where we left off, Coach Brownell was about to tell us how he learned to be gritty and resilient as a young athlete. I love it. You're just hitting the nail on the head because I like to talk about how, you know, sports is such a bigger thing than just those trophy or those rings you get when you're freaking nine years old every weekend at a baseball tournament. I'm like, come on. Like, you know, and I get it. The times change. I don't want to be one of those, you know, old men yelling at the clouds and yada, yada, yada. Uh, our time or we were tougher than you. And that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I think a lot of these kids are going through circumstances that us parents, us adults have created, right? We've kind of taken away obstacles to prepare them at times. And I feel like we're doing them a disservice. You know, you bring up the word grit, you know, and I think grit is such an important word for people to understand. And also resilience. You talked about both of those. I think resilience is one of those life skills that you learn going through sport. I know you're kind of touching on it. Can you talk about any of your own personal experiences where you had to, you know, get gritty and learn resilience through your own personal sport experience, which kind of helped propel you where you are today? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's funny. My When I was coming out of high school, again, I was a really good high school player, but in southern Indiana, I got a couple of Division Two offers, you know, a bunch of Division Three schools, no Division One offers. And so I decided to go to Purdue University and maybe be a walk-on my freshman year. Hey, maybe I can be a walk-on at Purdue. I'll just kind of go see how it goes and go to school. And, you know, I kind of got up there and tried out and didn't make it. And all of a sudden, I'm not playing basketball. And it kind of never just kind of hit me in the face, like, what just happened? I thought I would at least, you know, I might make the team or whatnot. And I just 
I didn't. And then I had a real life decision. Hey, what are you going to do? Are you going to just stay here and go to school and, and think about being, you know, maybe being a coach in a different way there, a high school coach, or are you going to play? And I found my true passion. I, I couldn't believe that I wasn't playing for the first time in my life. I didn't belong to a team. And that's that's when I decided, no, I'm going to go to DePaul. And, uh, you know, when you do that, hey, man, Division three, you're paying your own way. Yeah. And those, those Division three schools are a little more expensive. And so I was taking out loans and, you know, made a commitment because I knew that, hey, this is something I want to be a part of. And this is a place where I can grow and I want to play and I want to be I want to play for this coach and I want to get a degree from this school and have a good experience. And it ended up being really good. But the crazy thing is. Once you get done, okay, I get a grad assistant job, and I'm a grad assistant for a couple years, and I don't have a job after that. There's no guarantees in this world. Like, you decide, so I grad assistant the third year, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a high school coach, a Division three coach, a junior college coach, any kind of coach, and that's where I got a great break in that, that Jerry Wainwright knew somebody that knew me, and I got an interview, and you know, kind of out of happenstance, I got the restricted earnings job at UNC Wilmington, you know, which I know doesn't sound real glamorous, but at the time it felt like I was making great money at $16,000. Crushing it. Yeah. You figure like, Hey, do you want to coach? Like if you really want to coach, you're going to do it. I just got married, you know, but I just wanted to be a coach. And I guess that's where you just, you just put your head down and work. And it's because you love it, your passion. That's why we talk about passion and perseverance toward a long-term goal. If you're passionate about something, truly passionate about it, then when there are challenges or questions or money's not great or injury or whatever it is, you're going to find a way to persevere if it means something to you. And if it doesn't, you'll go down a different path. But that's when I knew that I really wanted to coach. And things worked out. They don't always work out. There's always a certain amount of luck involved. Um, and I've been very fortunate and lucky in my life with all this. But I also think that I've, I've worked really hard for a long time to put myself in a position to take advantage of an opportunity when it presented itself. And it's through all those years of kind of some sacrifice and long hours and 70 hour weeks and doing, you know, doing the laundry and chasing guys to class and listening to guys give speeches to make sure they had their five minutes on their five-minute communications 101 speech and just all the things you do as a as a young assistant coach to try to help kids and put yourself in a position to have a great career and uh grit is a big part of it that's why i think kids having to struggle kids having to decide to make sacrifices especially as you get older when you get to high school you know then you might have to make a sacrifice we talked about it earlier hey you may have to go from three sports to two you may not be able to play three sports in high school. Now you're going to have to pick down to two. Uh, but when you're younger, I think, man, just play to have fun. But I think developing that that grit, making some sacrifice, making some adult decisions as you kind of get a hold of your life and what you want, that's what's critical. And I think as a parent, you know, you have to let your child decide that. Um, you know, with our, our one of our, our youngest daughters was a pretty good volleyball player that probably could have played some in college in a small college or two. And I remember she came to us and we did the whole thing. Hey, we were going to all the volleyball weekends and doing all that. My wife's doing most of it, you know, and then she finally came to us before her senior year and said, you know, I don't want to be a college volleyball player. I've enjoyed my high school volleyball experience, but I I don't want to do any more of that. So before her senior year, she, she quit all the AAU stuff and just played high school her senior year, had a great experience. And now she's a student at Clemson doing great. That's awesome. But that wasn't her path to be a, college volleyball player you know we thought it was and she eventually told us no it's not so that's what she wants and she's happy and you know you got to make those decisions as a parent that's super cool coach two minutes what do you got to do 
to get seen by Brad Brunell. You're not just talking to the kids that can play at Clemson. We got ninth graders, 10th graders, 11th graders. They want to know what they got to do to get seen, to be college athletes. What's your best piece of advice? Two minutes, go ahead. Well, I think that there's a lot there. Um, I, I think you need to use your high school coach or your AAU coach needs to, you know, if there are schools that you have an interest in, they need to help reach out for you. Um, you know, you've got to be visible. Certainly, you've got to in basketball. You've got to play on the AAU circuit. You got to you got to get yourself some exposure. Um, I would tell everybody though, there are not nearly as many sleepers anymore as there used to be. Like there are so many people putting out publications with names and rankings and and all those things that you have to be realistic. And I think that's something that is really, really important uh, is to be realistic in what it is. What's your level? What's your ability level? What gives you a chance? Um, I think too many people want bigger than is real. And so they miss out on opportunities or they don't go look for opportunities at the Division Three, at the Division Two. Everybody's got their heart set on this Division One or bust. Da, 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 da. And there's a lot of great experiences out there. Mm. And uh, so you have to be realistic. But exposure helps, certainly. Bloom where you're playing it. Do the best you are where you are. And uh, I think that's that's always the most important thing. Coach Brownell, freaking awesome. Clemson Tigers, ACC, go get them. I cannot thank you enough for your time. Thanks for coming on and sharing. I, I really appreciate you, Coach. Happy to be a part of it. Appreciate your enthusiasm. That's Brad Brownell, head coach of the Clemson men's basketball team. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacor, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project.